Hi there, it's BT here, and thanks for listening to my yoga quick dive number 30. I hear you, I hear you, it's been a while. I hope you missed my rambling because I missed you too. Between mid-December and end of January, I've stayed in my flat in Tokyo for a total of six days. But I am always grateful for having had the opportunity to travel again to see family for solar and lunar new years. This year, uh, this lunar new year is the year of the cat in my Vietnamese heritage. In other countries that celebrate lunar new year is the year of the rabbit. No one knows for sure why there's a difference, but one thing is certain. The cat pose is way more popular than the rabbit pose in yoga. This week's quick dive, cat pose or rabbit pose, asana, and what does the cat say? Body. So cat pose or rabbit pose, they're not that different in the end. Go ahead and check out the photos on my website at www.btyogi.com. The similarity is quite obvious. It is about the spine's flexion, meaning row back. Practicing these poses help improve uh, the mobility and the elasticity of the spine and the back muscles. The difference is also quite clear. Now, why cat pose can be done anytime during your yoga class um, and maybe more commonly towards the beginning of the practice as a warm-up. For rabbit pose, please do not attempt rabbit pose without a proper warm-up or you, hurt, you risk hurting your neck. Although it is not a beginner pose, rabbit pose is essentially a beginner's inversion that brings fresh blood to the brain because your head dips way lower than your heart. Blood flow to the head helps conditions of the sinus, common core, and chronic tonsillitis. Also, don't practice rabbit pose if you already have a neck or shoulder injury or hypertension. Have you tried rabbit pose before? Are you more of a cat or rabbit person? Mind. Now, in the my section this week, I would like to talk about the word asana. Maybe by now you know, asana means yoga postures in the most common context. So why would I want to talk about asana in the my section? Remember the eight limbs of yoga we've been talking about bit by bit over the past year or so? Well, asana is the third limb of yoga after yama and yama. In the traditional yoga practice, once you've done your homework on how to conduct as a person towards yourself and towards other people around you, you can finally step on the mat to explore your postural practice. Have you noticed that the Sanskrit names of most yoga poses end with asana? In Sanskrit, asana means a comfortable seated position. And as such, the purpose of a universe of yoga poses or flows is, traditionally, to help you build a body strong and flexible enough so you could sit for a long time in a state called meditation, which encompasses the last four limbs of yoga. 
and the journey to that state of mind through the asanas show and often witnesses the presence of determination, discipline, persistence, resistance, awareness, and acceptance of the body, and most importantly, awareness and acceptance of the mind. In the eight limbs of yoga, asanas are just one small part at the beginning of a yoga journey. Patanjali never said yoga is fancy poses. Practitioners of advanced asanas might not necessarily be mastering their mind as they go into the pose, be in the pose, go out of the pose, or lift their lives beyond the pose. Recall, the first yoga sutras of Patanjali says, Yoga is now. Live the moment fully. What makes you a yogi is living in the moment on and off your mat with kindness and love for yourself and for everyone around you. That's advanced yoga, and it takes a constant practice. Life Anything above the earth and below the sun is life. Hopefully something useful to you or at least something that will bring a smile to your face. What does the cat say? So let me ask you again. Are you a cat or a rabbit person? What would you say if you are one or another? And how would you say it so that your human friends can understand? Interesting work in progress. Scientists have been exploring using machine learning algorithms to decode animal communications, much like your live Google Translate app, but for conversation between humans and animals. If you had a cat at home, try MewTalk, which is an app, or uh, another app for dog, Zulinga. The idea is not as far-fetched as it may seem. For example, machine learning systems which are uh, able to extract patterns from large data sets can distinguish between the squeaks that rodents make when they are happy and those that they emit when they are in distress. A meow can contain uh, multitudes. In the best of feline times, say when a cat is being fed, meows tend to be short and high-pitched and have rising intonations, according to one recent study. But in the worst of times, trapped in a cat carrier, for example, cats generally make uh, their distress known with long, low-pitched meows that have falling intonations. This is Super futuristically interesting for me, but it does raise a few questions. First, much like other AI application work currently, the more data or users, the better it works. Which means your device has to be allowed to constantly listen and collect data. Are you okay with that? Is privacy really a complete delusion in the face of technological advance? Second, if this is how it works, would it work best with um, animals like huskies, which are known to be super vocal? But uh, how about animals that barely make any sounds, such as hamsters or fish? Would AI be able to one day help us understand them by just, for example, reading the brainwaves? And what would we do if that brainwave say, it is not okay that you're reading my thoughts all the time? Pet owners, what do you think?
Thanks for listening, but don't leave just yet. Ask me two questions or leave me two comments on my blog at www.btyogi.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until then, take a deep breath and keep your worries away.